How about we pray and we ask God for the next moments together that God talk to your heart. I desire greatly for him to move here in your life. Father, we thank you for this precious time, these precious people. And in the name of Jesus, we're asking, Father, for enlightenment. We're asking, Father, for deliverance. We're asking for help. Well-timed help in a time of need. Direction. And yes, even correction. But I commend this people to the word of God, which is able to build them up and give them an inheritance among the saints in light. Thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Can you get happy and say amen? Amen. I'm going to start with an admonition. This is a pastoral admonition. The title of the message today, again, is The Wonder-Working God. But before we get into this, the admonition, friends, is don't be distracted or deterred or preoccupied by the controversy surrounding current events and concerns in our cities, in our states, and in our nation. Can hardly turn on the uh, television or can hardly open a web page without something screening, screening at me <laughs> about uh, the, um, the degree of contention, the degree of, of uh, uh, just harshness. And what we need is we need a miracle from God to heal our land. So anyway, I, I just thought I might show you that this is, there's nothing new under the sun. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, talks about this by way of preface. So when they were assembled, they asked him, being Jesus, the Lord, is this the time when you will reestablish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with and know Uh, This is a little hot. What time brings the things and events of times in their uh, definite periods or fixed years and seasons, their critical niche in time. I know, I know that's wordy, but just so that there is no mistake, there are seasons and there are times. Where we live even now, it is not by accident and God is not one that doesn't know what's happening. I want you to notice what Jesus said in verse 8. But, no, excuse me, as we go on, it says that these years and seasons, their critical niche in time, which the Father has appointed and fixed and reserved by His own choice and authority and personal power. Okay, I've had enough. I'm going I'm to walk real slow, so see how the camera works, you know. Okay, i got to get down here. can't take this anymore. God has a season appointed, and please understand, it cuts through every aspect of the globe. Political, economic, social, people from every land, every nation... Everywhere, There is no rock that you can hide under that this does not apply. The authority that God wields is ultimate. So to become preoccupied with tweet wars. (laughs) 
Your time is too precious to see who bashed who. Besides, Jesus said, where our focus should be, I hear him say this as he said to the disciples, you know, like instead of the disciples being concerned about the environment and global warming or whatever, (laughs) he says, but in verse 8, we're going to heat this up. You shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends, the very ends are the bounds of the earth. Can you see what the Lord is saying? I'm not saying be disinterested and hide your head in the sand. But once you figure out what's going on, Stop drinking from that fountain. Don't let it vex you. Instead, focus on what's really important right now. It's the kingdom of God. These are the last days. People are playing for keeps. There are nations in the balance all across the planet. And whatever happens to the tax bracket and whatever craziness is happening about borders, whatever this stuff is, trust me, our focus, we should pray for wisdom for everybody. They've got enough to deal with. We need to watch and pray that the Lord of the harvest would have his way. We need to pray for rain in the time of the latter rain. My Bible talks about my people, if they're called by my name, if they would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and listen, turn from their wicked ways. Then I'm going to hear from heaven and I'm going to heal their land. And that healing of the land goes across all gamuts, friends. That is a full spectrum healing. Young people, old people, people from China, people from Taiwan, people from Australia, people from America, people from Canada, people from Spain, people from Puerto Rico. (laughs) Thought I'd slip that in there. Thank you very much. (laughs) Everywhere. (laughs) All right. So the seasons, the times are in Father's hand. He's ultimate authority. Our focus is receiving and flowing with the power of the Holy Spirit because because we need to be witnesses. Amen. So let me just, I'll just refresh you about 1 Timothy chapter 2 and we'll move on to our message today. The title today is The Wonder Working God, right? Okay, look at this. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore I exhort... First of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made, be made for all men. Not just the ones you like. I'm just saying. Especially for the ones you dislike. I'm just saying. For kings and all who are in authority... That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires most men to be saved. Oh, I'm sorry. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, 
one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gives himself a ransom for all to be testified of in due time. Now, here's a thought. Is it due time to start testifying? I so appreciate our brothers who go around the, the, the nation on their bicycle, motorcycles and testify in due time. Testify. Thank you. Appreciate your commitment. Hallelujah. So it is due time. So keep the big picture in mind, friends. And now we'll pick it up for our message today. Remember a while back I ministered a message from the book of Joshua, chapter 3. And in that uh, lesson that we had, it was lessons from the river, Jordan River crossing. There were two lessons from it. I never got to the second lesson. We'll get to that today. The first lesson was follow the presence. Remember that? Remember, he instructed the people, you're going to see the Ark of the Covenant. And then he says, now you need to maintain the distance like so, so everybody can see it. And when it gets up and moves, you move with it. You move with the presence of God. You know, times are too dangerous for you to uh, gamble your life and your future, your career, your family, your marriage, your children, to gamble it on... Someone just intellectually speaking about something. Not everybody has the Spirit of God operating in them. What they say could be the truth, but they may be operating from a wrong spirit. Prove it to me, Pastor Tom. Well, you know this woman in the book of Acts that was going around saying, These are the men, servants of the Most High God. They're here to show us the way of salvation. These are the servants of the Most High God. They're okay. What the lady was saying, was it true? Come on, class, help me out a little bit. It was true. They were the servants of the Most High God. And indeed, they were showing the way of salvation. But she was operating from the wrong spirit. Paul caught that and he was grieved in his spirit. And after many days, notice he didn't jump on it, but he waited on God. That's a lesson for us. When something doesn't feel right, don't just jump on people. Make sure you know what you're doing when, you, when you're making a decision and if you need to speak to a brother or sister or a situation. So he then, being vexed and then having the leading of the Spirit, he turned to that woman and he cast the devil out. She's operating under a familiar spirit. That was an evil spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody got scared. I didn't lose anybody there, right? So she was in the wrong spirit. There's a lot of people wanting to do good things, but they might have the wrong spirit. Are you hearing me? You know, if you try to do the right thing, but you don't invite the Spirit of God to be on it, you're in the arm of the flesh. It's not that you're a bad person. It's that you, we need God to be on this. That brings us back to our point. Follow the presence. There's a timing to things. There's an unction to things. Especially when you're changing things in your family or you're having a career change or a a transition period or you're making a decision whether or not to marry or whatever it is that you're working with. There's, there's, you need the hand of the Lord and the direction of God on your life. You need to pray through it. Don't just jump half prepared. Somebody said amen. That's good preaching. I don't know whether you know it or not. It is, it's something I picked up from our pastors. So thank God. I love you pastors. But I want you to know, after following the... I was just saying that there's people that want to do good things, but they don't have an, the anointing to do it. 
So you need to look for the anointing. That's a little, that's a little special for you, for you to understand. So let's go to the second part of the lesson, which is our, which our point today. Joshua said in Joshua 3, 5, please put it up. He said, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do what? Wonders among you. Let's, let's camp here for just a little bit. Is that all right? You got a few minutes, don't you? Sanctify you. Who's doing the sanctifying? We are. We are sanctifying ourselves. We're separating ourselves from certain things. To sanctify is to separate yourself from certain things. Now, I understand, you know, I know that Christ has been made unto us sanctification. But there are things that you, friend, dear brother, dear sister, there are things that you need to really prayerfully consider what you need to sanctify yourself from. And please understand, there are things that are okay in life. They're not evil. There are even things that are not evil, like 30 rounds of golf in one week. Really? How many football games do you need to really watch before you feel like you got your full? Or how much bacon do you need to eat before you felt like, ah, finally, I reached threshold. If I eat another stick of bacon, I'm going to die. You know, or I'm going to get sick or something. I'm just saying. Where was I? <laughs> well, I lost you. Did I really bring up food? I brought the food card up. Oh, Lord. Sanctify. Thank you. Thank God. Sanctify. Separate yourself from some things. There are some people. Listen, there are some people, places, and things that are not evil. But for the journey that you have, you need to separate yourself from that. So that you could, you can't do everything. Or did you figure that out? You cannot do everything in life. And how many of your to-do lists are just about to hang you to dry? Because there's too many things on the to-do list. Friends, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm an old man, but I'm older than I used to be. And, and I'm realizing that time is short. I got to measure, like David said, teach me to number my days. We need to be more selective of what we expose ourselves to, what we invest our time in. Okay. I, I, I know that you're with me, so I'll stop. I, I, won't, I won't, you know, drive the point any much further. But here's a thought. As you sanctify yourself unto the Lord, what, is it, what was the thing that followed was that for tomorrow... The Lord will do wonders among you. It's almost like a prerequisite for the move of God. We sing about it. God is on the move. Is that right? Yes. It almost seems like a prerequisite for a move of God or for the God of wonders to be able to show up and do something absolutely amazing and turn things around. God's people have got to sanctify themselves. It seems, I mean, that, that happened like when Pharaoh, let's go dial it back. Let's go back to when Pharaoh, didn't they all have to have like roast that, uh, you know, uh, lamb and eat the whole thing and all this, you know, and they put the blood on the post and there, what were they doing? They were separating themselves from everything else. So that when judgment came, they were the ones that were passed over. It's like God put his wing around them, protected them. Is that right? 
I got to move along. You guys are listening so good. <laughs> keep praying, keep pulling because we got to get the. So it, and I want to stress one thing as we go back to the introduction here about protecting your spirit from what's going on in the world around us. I submit to you that only a genuine move of God can answer and solve the issues that our cities face, that our states face, and that our nation faces. Indeed, the world. And, and I say this unapologetically. I really believe this. No man-made legislative effort or treaty can effectively address the issue of a lost person, of a fallen world that rejects Christ, that's spinning out of control. It can't bring a rebellious child home. It can't pull somebody out of the gutter. It can't help the workaholic husband to have a change in his life. It can't take oppression from a soul. It can't help you have a good night's sleep. We need the divine intervention of God. That's what we need. So, in keeping with the reading, sanctify yourself for the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. You want the wonders of God in your life for your tomorrows, for your family's tomorrows, for your city's tomorrows, for your church's tomorrow, for your nation's tomorrow? We've got to sanctify ourselves. Hallelujah. We've got to shut the distractions away and keep focus, friends. Keep focus. You have an unction from the Holy One, friends. I like this. It just came up from the first service. You have an anointing. The church has got to get more on her knees and continue to pray for the rain. Hallelujah. And I believe that God, I don't just wonder about it. I know it. I know that there is a huge harvest. It's the greatest harvest, the greatest move of God. Men and women of God have uh, proclaimed this and have uh, expounded on it year after year since I was a young man. And now I'm a little bit not as young, but you know what I mean. (laughs) And I'm still looking for that. I see it moving. I see the move of God. Hallelujah. But here's a thought. We're talking about sanctifying yourself. You got a few more minutes, don't you? I feel impressed to talk about Samson again. You see, sometimes you could feel so acclimated to the presence of God on your life. You know, the presence of God makes all the difference, right? I mean, we're talking about Egypt... It's like there's a line in the sand. Let's see. Here's Egypt and here's Goshen. You step on this side. Ew, flies. Ew, ew. And on this side, you know, no no flies. No flies. On this side, ew, flies. Frogs, no frogs. Fresh drinking, uh, messed up water, all blended. Fresh drinking water. It's really dark and messed up over here. It's light like nothing happening. (laughs) What is that? It's the presence of God. And, and I ministered this too on the far, part one of that message. It says, out of the mouth of, of Moses, he said, that you might know that the Lord makes a difference between his people and the Egyptians. God makes a difference, his presence, right? But here it is. 
we can get acclimated to the presence of God to such a degree that we can maybe, like Samson, forget that it's not us. It's Him. I can do all things through Christ who does what? Amplified Bible says who empowers me and gives me... Empowers me and gives me strength. I like that in the Amplified Bible. I'm equal to anything and everything that comes my way. But friends, it's through Christ. But see, think about this. Samson was, he was able to do amazing feats of strength. But how is it that he had these, able to do these feats of strength and he baffled the enemy? How did he baffle them? I mean, if he looked like Hercules... Man, I really tried to look like that. It just didn't work out for me very well. I had Don in the first service. says, man, when I grow up, I'm going to be like you. If he looked like Hercules, they would have obviously known like, well, of course, look at those guns, man. Mmm, yeah. Man, what kind of protein powder are you? Are you on steroids, bro? Uh, just checking, just checking. But evidently, he baffled the enemy because he had such strength. And yet maybe he didn't look like he would have that much strength. So that's why, what is the secret of your power anyway? So don't you, how many can see that? Can you see that? That maybe, but see the, the, the presence of God would come on him so strongly and he would do these amazing feats of strength that he started to get acclimated. Listen, Christian, you just walking day by day, staying in the word, staying happy. Being generous, serving the Lord, ushering when it's time to ush, parking lot when it's time to park, hallelujah, shopping when it's time to shop, I'm just saying, filling grocery bags when it's time to fill groceries bag, cooking when it's time to cook, making hospital calls, that's supernatural. It's God's goodness. Every day is a gift. But supposing one day God's people forgot. That it's his presence on them. And they'll do like Samson. He goes, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this just the same way I did every other day. You know, like, oh, this is too easy. You know, Delilah, whatever. Okay, Samson, they're upon you. Ah, no problem. Bam. The next day, Samson. The, the, boom, bust them. And says, man, this is getting old. Samson, boom, boom. Feels like the, kind of like the warriors, you know. <laughs> game after game. By the way, warriors are doing great, right? I lost some of you on that. I'm sorry, you're Clipper fans or something. I'm sorry. You don't like what Draymond Green came over and whatever. I'm sorry. But anyway, one day, he didn't know that the anointing had left him. He got up and he thought in himself, I'm just going to get up and do, I'm going to do life the way I always do life. I'm going to rip this. Boy, they, these guys, when are they going to learn just how strong I really am, you know? And he tried. And that one time, he tried to do it in his own strength. What happened? You see, it's God that helps us. So here's a thought. You cannot afford to allow the contention that's going on and all the little tweet wars and all that divisiveness and hatred and all that nonsense. Church, you can't let that into your spirit. You've got to intercede. Remember, you are a citizen of heaven first and foremost. You are a man of God, a woman of God, and you're on assignment. And the will of God is for all men to be saved. Everyone, everywhere on the face of this globe. And we have a job to do. 
Hallelujah. Did you get that? So, protect your anointing. Protect your spirit. Somebody said amen. Amen. You know, do I have time for this? Let me see. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and talk about this because I think it needs to be said. The book of John, chapter 9, and I probably won't be able to read the entire account, but this is the account of the blind, the man that was born blind. And get the picture, Jesus heals him. Verse 9, or verse 1 of John 9, New King James Version. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned that this man or his parents that he would born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen. And when he said these things, he spat on the ground and basically did what was in his spirit to do. Made, you know, clay with the saliva and all this. He anointed the man's eyes and so forth. He says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And translated means sent. So he went and washed. And what happened? Came back seeing. So this this is amazing, friends. Here's a guy that was born blind. And here's Jesus Helps the man, heals the man. Um, Somebody say, a wonder-working Jesus. All right. So, obviously, a wonder has happened. And so so then, uh, what happens is that he gets put up in front of all the, uh, the the, the important people that are trying to figure out, you know, Pharisees and all that. Who did this? What's going on here? And they, they said, look, you, you weren't blind. You're just joking. <laughs> so they brought their parents in. Was he blind? He goes, yes, they're blind. But they're scared. He says, okay, you ask him questions. Don't ask us, man. We, we don't want to be excommunicated. You know, like, ask him. He's grown up. He could answer for himself. So uh, they're asking, so who did this to you? I don't know. Ask him who did it to, to our son. So look at in verse 13, they brought him formerly who was blind. And now it was a Sabbath day. Jesus made the clay open his eyes. The Pharisees ask again, Uh, How he received his sight. He says, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and now I can see, right? And then others said, how can a man, a sinner do such? And then he says, this man's not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. So watch out for religious spirits. And others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? This is the blind man saying. And I mean the man that sees. Uh, And there was a division. I'm just saying. There was a division. Among them. Division. Division is not of God. But I also want to show you that division is a ploy of the enemy. And friends, let me just skip down because there's a lot more, there's a little more ground to cover. But um, in verse 25, the blind man, they kept trying to say, you can't say Jesus did this to you. And they were in disagreement. There was division. Verse 25, he answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know is that I was blind and now I can see. It's like, let's just keep this real simple. I don't have all the degrees that y'all have over there and all, but I used to be blind and now I see like, right, right. But look what happened. 
And then they asked him again. And in verse 27, I already told you and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciple? And then they got mad. And the man answers says, and then he goes, like, this is good sense, friends. Why, this is a marvelous thing that you don't know where he's from. Come on, guys. Yet he opened my eyes. Now we know that God doesn't hear sinners. And if anyone's a worshiper of God, he does his will. He hears him. And since the world began, it's been unheard of that anybody opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If a man were not from God, he couldn't do such a thing. And then they answered to him, you're completely born in sin. And you're teaching us this. And they cast him out. Wow. Dude, I was trying to have a good day. (laughs) I thought it was a good day. I'm just trying to tell you something. You're not going to solve everything by arguing. I mean, talk radio and whatever, you got to be so careful. Like this people bashes that person and you go to this. Well, let me go to this station. Maybe they'll be. And they're bashing the other person like, oh, gosh, turn it off. Oh, and then, you know, you you get on your Web page and bam, it's just hitting you and it's just hitting you. You got to protect your spirit. Even if something is plain to see, some people are just have a spirit of contention and division for whatever reason. And let me just, for the record, let me say this. We want to pray for those that are in authority. I believe there are a lot of well-meaning people. They really are well-meaning. But it isn't just well-meaning people. They need the anointing. That's why we pray. Amen? That's why we pray. We don't need... We don't need a man-made plan. We really need divine intervention. So I hope, I hope that helped you. That arguing and fussing about this point and that point, and, and, and it just it doesn't accomplish. There's no peace there. It just brings division. Can you hear that? Did you all hear me? So sanctify yourself from that. Sanctify yourself from that spirit. And guess what happens? The Lord can do wonders in your tomorrows. Psalm 133, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell divided and tweeting against each other. No, 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 no. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains. For uh, Look at this. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. And I realize that's very poetic. You know, Mount Hermon and the dew and all that. But what are, what's he really saying there? Can I break it down to you in Hayward talk? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. If God doesn't do it for you or through you, don't accept it. What did, what did Abraham say? He said, says, I'm not going to take one shoe latchet, lest you would say that you made Abraham rich. I'm a covenant man. I serve, I'm on assignment to bless my generation. I'm not for sale. I'm here to serve God. And he's going to see to it that I get blessed enough so that I can give and be a blessing to, to all people. I'm not for sale. What just happened here? What, what, what just happened here? It's the anointing. The anointing was on Abraham. The anointing was on his soldiers to recover everything. Hallelujah. Can you see that? Where was I? Oh, pleasant. Yes. The anointing comes from above. And it, yes, it goes through leadership. 
And there's various forms of leadership. But let's talk about the body of Christ, you know. Goes through. And then what, the fact that it goes all the way down means that everybody gets the anointing. It's not just somebody in a little booth with some kind of a collar. Everybody has access. You have access to the anointing, to the wonder works of God. Hallelujah. I want to close with this one little thought. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and there, at that place of unity, that's where, the, that's where God commands the blessing. A lot of great things happen when people are in agreement and in unity. Amen? Have you heard the word today? Yes. How, how we need to guard our heart. And now I heard these words as I was preparing and praying. I heard these words. Give me a break. Have you ever heard those before? Oh, come on. Give me a break. And I heard these words. Ask of me whatever break you want. I am the Lord of the breakthrough. I stand ready and willing to break through for you. Hallelujah. That whole concept of the breakthrough... We see it in First Chronicles chapter 14. And don't get nervous. I'll let you out pretty soon. You'll beat the Baptist to the restaurant. Don't worry about it. You're not going to run out of steaks at Sizzler. Just hang on for a minute. Just, oh, Mexican. Okay, the burritos will still be there, bro. There's enough. Plenty chile rellenos and everything, man. First Chronicles chapter 14, 8 through 12 says, And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, they went up to seek David, and he heard, he heard of it and went out before them. Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. And David asked, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and, I will del- and, and you will deliver them into my hand? And what happened? The Lord said, Go up, and I will deliver them into you. Very important point. Always ask God. Commit your days to God. We, you'd save a lot of money and a lot of effort if you commit your time and your efforts to God. Just because you went out 305 times and you said, okay, here we go, whoop, slam dunk, there it is. 306, whoop, whoop, there it is. Do it again, whoop, there it is. So then, ah, uh, you know, God always says yes, let's just go ahead and do it. You better watch out. There was one time, oh, these people are, this is a small people. Let's, you guys stay back and you guys make the filet mignon. We'll be back for dinner when we wipe these people out. You better watch out. It backfired, right? Always seek the Lord. But watch this. So Israel came up to Baal Perazim and David smote the Philistines here. Verse 11. And David said, God has broken my enemies by my hand like the bursting forth of waters. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And which being interpreted as the Lord of breaking through. I like what Wycliffe's translation said. He says the Lord of the breakthrough. I like the CEV, the Lord broke through. I like the NOG, the Lord overwhelms. I like that. The Lord burst through, says the New Living Translation. The message is kind of explosive. It's the Baal explosion. The Lord will cause it to blow up in the devil's face. <laughs> Just... A thought. Is it worth protecting your heart with all diligence? Is it worth it following the presence of God, number one? 
And is it worth it being so careful about the people, places, and things that you feed on? Absolutely so important. Guard your heart. Protect yourself. Sanctify you because God wants to do wonders in your tomorrows. Wonders in your family. And there's this goes so far beyond just our families, our, our us four and no more. Our cities, our communities, our nation depends on the obedience of Christians to protect their heart and invite the move of God in our day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you, Lord. Help us to be patient to the coming of the Lord. Help us to keep up a patient prayer vigil until we receive that early and latter rain to establish our hearts to the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Pray with me for just a moment. Aha. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So to some of you, you know, you know what that the Lord is saying to you today. That there are things that are way, way, way out, out of bounds. And God wants your life to work a whole lot better and you fulfill His plan. You know what to do. And to some of you, you know, your life isn't way out of whack. But you know God wants to bring you up. You got to let go of some things to go up. Oh, they're not bad things, but you got to let go of some things to make room for what God. You see, I say I feel this to say as we pray, there's the acceptable, the good, and then there's the perfect will of God. Can we try at least church to be in his perfect will? Can we try that? Can you do that, mom? Can you do that, dad? Can you do that, sir, ma'am? Father, in the name of Jesus, we've heard the word. We realize the impact that we as Christians can have in our generation. You showed us, Father, how the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Bright as the noonday sun. If ever the world needed people to stand up for Christ... And show the love of God, it's now. And we thank you, Lord, as we agree together for the grace of God to be shed upon our cities. The grace of God to be shed upon our communities, our states, and our nation. Shed your grace upon her in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, should there be someone within the sound of my voice that has not made the commitment to Christ. I'm asking you, Lord, to give them the courage to say yes. Today, they don't have a minute to waste.